0: Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets. Powered by Betsports, we are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping, and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. Wimbledon finals, the Scottish Open, Xander wins again. There was some baseball. Our Baltimore Orioles keep winning baseball games. What, what were you watching this weekend? How are you feeling? And by the way, folks, get your Baltimore Orioles futures in.
1: I did put... I did put 50 bucks on the Orioles to win the AL because one of the books had an obscene number. So it ended up being so if the Orioles win the AL, I will buy, I don't know, a house, a car, something like it's, 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 it's more of a, I will hit cash out if this gets anywhere near, you know, if, if they make the DS, I'll probably hit some cash. It depends how they're looking, I guess. But uh, congrats to yeah some hot teams. I ended up playing some Detroit and some Baltimore to make the playoffs as well. After that was suggested, they were both around twenty to one. So some teams with some talent that are heating up, and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird league as far as like Houston and New York are very very good, and then the rest of the teams are just kind of there, including my twins who, uh, if you remember and you watch this show, we. Put some futures on them to win the AL and the AL East, or excuse me, the AL Central. But yeah, the Wembley Finals. What did you think of Old Rebar taking out Ons? That was a gutty performance after going down a set.
0: Well, more importantly, apologies. Apparently, we've been saying her name wrong forever. Rybikina, Ry- whatever. I don't know. Elena, the, um, the Kazakh it fan. It's not even close. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. She's not watching this. I mean, if she is, apologies again. We're really sorry. But it was awesome. I mean, she locked in during that second set, got up a break, and Jabour just fell apart. And that that was the sad part. It was a really kind of fun, entertaining match until you get to the end there, and Jabour has a couple spots where she could have definitely gotten a break there. I think she had three break points or something like that, and just can't capitalize, missing a lot of easy shots. And the third set was a little, I guess, anticlimactic. But, you know, kudos to her. I mean, she's one of our favorite players. Unfortunately, I didn't have an outright her. She was like 100 to 1. I mean, this is the best tennis she's played all year by some margin. And, you know, she picked a great time to get hot. So we'll see if she can carry through. And um, I, I wonder how the folks at the uh, All-England Lawn and Tennis Club feel uh, about a Russian winning. Like, what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, she is super. The, and the best tweet was, so she plays under the uh, Kazakhstani flag. And correct? Did I say that? Right. Is it Kazakhstan she plays for? There's a lot of stands. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, okay. yes. So Sorry, was there was born. a
1: that's why. there was a pretty good. Yeah, that is funny. It does say Matt Rooney under your name. I didn't notice that until Matt said it. That's hilarious. Um, we now that's that threw me for a whole loop. No, so there was a good tweet where. Um, it's like in the field next year for the uh Wimbledon, <laughs> and, and it was all the represented Russian by Kazakhstan and had the Kazakhstan flag. So,
0: yeah if, you if, if, if,
1: yeah, if that's a workaround, I guess we'll go with Rubla. that. But, uh, yeah, the Scottish Open was a uh, abject disaster for me to start. I think day one, I had placed six bets and I went 05 and 1. Like I was very jacked to get that push
0: because (laughs) there is something about that push. When you have all losses, it feels,
1: it just feels like you need, just give me anything at this point. And then, like I said, later that afternoon, I won all the bets I placed in the Barbasol, which again, weren't enough to overcome the losses in the Scottish, but it did go better from there. I was really sad that we had the rain delays in the Barbasol because I was kind of seeing the board clearly. And I don't believe that's some sort of, um, you know, myth or whatnot as far as a, uh, some sort of bias. Like if your ratings aren't good for a certain tournament, you tend to just keep winning. Like uh, when I'm on for a tournament, I tend to have a good tournament and that was happening in the Barbasol. And then we ended up with those rain delays where they went right from round two to round three and then right from three to four. So there weren't a lot of opportunities to bet rounds three and round four, which is annoying when you're actually playing, doing well, but the bets I did place over the weekend did very well for the uh, Scottish as well. I think we closed it out with a nice run of wins, even in put a couple in article form. And then yes, Xander 20 to one. I've, I said, you know, I wasn't, I think I said it on a show, like there were 16s and 18s. I said, if I find a 20, I'll bet it. And then I found one and did bet it. So he is hot, 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 heading into the open. He's technically won his last three events. If you count the he won a two day pro am that they played on Monday and Tuesday. Like he played very well too. So like the last three times he's gone golfing, he has beaten everybody else on the golf course, and he is your second favorite only to Rory here in uh, Scotland, the home, the home of golf. They played golf on this course before it was even a golf course. In like. Fort, I'm maybe I'm going too far back in this hyperbole, but I think it was like the 1400s where they just, you know, they just cut some of the grass and played golf. They didn't have a course set out yet, but this is uh cool because it is one of the oldest courses in the damn world, maybe the oldest, and it's open to the public. It ain't cheap, but you can go play all the courses here at the uh, you know, at St. Andrews here. So I don't know. We see some of these articles, and it's like uh, put into Twitter form. Somebody posts their article for the Open. It's like a stacked field, and said, so, "Well, no shit, buddy." Like it's like saying we have a we have a stacked field. Like Djokovic and Nadal showed up to Wimbledon. Well, it's no no kidding. The Open is going to be a stacked field. You can see it in the odds on here. It's lots of big names. You've got you know Fitzpatrick, U.S. Open winner Justin Thomas won the PGA. Uh, Scotty Scheffler. But I mean, we didn't, we've had some, some creme de la creme winning our, our majors so far. So I, it'd be crazy. It, it isn't crazy, it happens all the time, especially when Tiger was doing his thing. But winning a second major of the year is not off the board for any of these guys. Uh, former major winners in Rory, Jordy, Rom, a lot of big names here. So I don't know who the fuck's going to win this thing. It's going to be tough. For JT me. at
0: over 20, huh?
1: I know that's kind of tempting. He's been playing really well, too. It's a course that can get beat up a little if the winds are accommodating. It's not a course that you can't score on. So I think it's going to be a little more. Uh, it's either going to be a high deviance one where we end up with some weird names at the top of the leaderboard who just can sun run a little. Or one of these guys is just going to have, like, any of these people on this list you can see right now, their ceiling, their 99th percentile game, has them just wire to wiring this thing, you know, it is a course where they could score. And if it works out, like you could just see Shane Lowry, shoot a, you know, a really good Thursday round. And then just absolutely wire to wire this thing, because it is, it is a course where you can just continue to score and continue to keep your lead. Although to be, to be fair, when you have a course that can give up big rounds like that, you can end up with a Jordan Spieth eight under round where he comes out of nowhere in the third round. We have that all the time. So no bets from me yet. Um, my, we used to do new years in August on the deep dive where we, and we did a little last week kind of, we'd say like, you know, we'd say like, uh, here's what I'm going to try to do better this year in the NFL. And I think we did actually talk about that a little on the deep dive last Wednesday, but for golf, definitely my, my FOMO has been seeing people with, you know, Scotty tickets that are 40, 50 to one. Cause when Scotty got hot in the spring, they just placed them for all four majors. Same thing with Salatouris. There's people with Zals at 50 to ones. So it's something I want to get better at is placing some future bets. It's not great for content. Like it sucks to tell someone like, Hey, here's a bet you can't make. Cause I made it three months ago. And if you didn't watch that specific show or see that tweet, uh, you're shit out of luck. But for my pocketbook, I think I could have had some better numbers on a few people here. So I will try to get better about that as we go into next year's majors. And, and I, don't I know, Alex just helps. Yeah. And just, Kind of transitioning to tennis, because we're going to talk about Budapest and Lausanne here, is how much of that do you do in WTA if you think you're getting the best of it? Because a lot of those, too, is, you know, those are not usually void-note-runners, depending. I you know. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn there. I don't know how the legal books treat a lot of that.
0: It depends which book. Our sponsor, FanDuel, has honestly some of the best tennis rules of any book. Um, they will void a ticket if someone doesn't end up playing, but I do like getting out ahead of some of these numbers. There is a uh, another odds maker that uh, supports odds for a lot of regulated books. For example, uh, they make the odds for Bet Rivers and Barstool and Unibet. You probably know what I'm talking about by now. They put out some really big numbers. Now, it's hard to get a lot down. Um, this is something that, if you remember the WNBA show, Clive and I actually met at a uh, Parks Casino, basically, and we're sitting down trying to. And we had one of those quandaries, Andy, where um, you couldn't bet more than a dollar on someone because the payout was too high, but the minimum bet was also five dollars. Um, so you walk up to the counter, and the guy behind the counter goes through the same thing, and they stare and. You you, know, you can get a few bucks down on these things. But two, actually, that I did bet this weekend for the US Open. The Jesse Pagula number is terrible. Um, if you look around, a lot of places have 30. There's some 50s and 60s out there. Get yourself some Jesse Pagula to win the US Open at 50 or 60. And then Veronica Kudermatova. And this is at the book that I just told you. She's in the 30 to 40s everywhere. That particular book has her at 200 to 1. Um, go in and see if you can find a book that'll let you each weigh that. Basically, it gives you a bet on her to win the title and then another bet at the same stake, but at half the odds to make the final. And at 200 to 1, you get a bet at 200 to 1, she wins and 100 to 1, she makes the final. Um, both of those are really good. But yeah, Andy, it's, it's something that we definitely try to look and do. Um, I actually forgot this year. I had a ticket on Barty to win the Australian Open at a really nice number just after um, I think she had made the Wimbledon final from the year before. So that's another fun thing. Sometimes you bet these things early and you forget about them and you open up your account. You're like, what's that? Oh, look at that. How, uh, how nice is that? So So the, uh,
1: yeah, the hockey, um, I was redoing my books as I do on Mondays and the overall number one hockey, you know, some people said, Oh, you should just bet this year of guy in case. And there's some five, six to ones out there. And one of my accounts was off by a bit. And I thought, I had only done it at certain places, but turns out I had one bonus um, Slovak guy to go first of all ticket. It It wasn't much. They weren't taking much there, but still nice to find like a couple hundred bucks. Like, oh, well, what extra, extra future that cash? That's my favorite thing. I remember the Barty one, like with you, how you forgot that one through two weeks is uh, beyond me, but that's a really good feeling. And then, yeah, the Wimbledon's over and we head into the weird i call it the weird part of the schedule for sure yeah
0: it's like the clay it's not a swing it's like a a, per, a clay purgatory or something it's this funky little couple weeks in the season where for some reason we stop playing grass because god forbid we play more than four weeks of grass tennis every year um we have a couple clay turns for a few weeks before we get back to north america for the swing although we did talk about the ben's final what do you think about um jokovic I mean, he won, he was great, but, man, it felt like Curios blew a couple chances, don't you think?
1: Yeah, and I said that, too. I I, I felt like Nadal was going to play. That was actually surprising that he pulled out. It, that's how you know it. it was a real injury. Otherwise, he would have just gone through it. But I said, like, he's played good tennis, but he hasn't played someone that's going to really frustrate him yet. And those two men, not, not only based on their skill level, but that's just how it works with with tennis, if your skill level is that high and you're just continually having to return balls that you didn't think were coming back your way, it's frustrating for any tennis player.
0: It really and bothers you. And Nick, it did bother Nick.
1: Nick does not deal with adversity as well as some of the other golfer, golfers, tennis players we know. And he once he started screaming at his box again, it almost felt like it should add on. Like, this is this is over at this point. Like, I don't know if he wins another set. He played very well. I thought he played really good tennis for big parts of that. And he gave Joker a test. But Joker is probably the best tennis player of all time. I'm going to probably take the probably out of there. Like what he's done over his career, in a career where he had Federer and Nadal at the same time as him, and Andy Murray for chunks of it was playing high level. I mean, some of the other guys who were playing high level tennis at the beginning of his career. Stan and and whatnot. It's, it's amazing. So yeah, it's, it's hard to beat the greatest of all time. And I think taking that first set off of him was something and yeah, congrats. Hopefully Nick can, I don't know if he can get his focus together a little more, like he can make a deep run up in New York. I'm, I'm fine with him playing on the fast courts up there too, but I don't think he can, I don't think he can maybe beat the best of the best in three out of five right now.
0: Yeah, hopefully he remembers this and comes back next year because this is the tournament. I mean, yeah. grass is the surface for him. Now, you know, he does well in like Acapulco and maybe some of those faster hardcore tournaments. Like I think Cincinnati is really fast. Maybe he could do well there. But hopefully we get a chance to see him again next year. Yeah, Zane makes a good point. The U.S. Open is really slow, so maybe not there. But I think Cincinnati. But anyway, hopefully he remembers this. and We see him do it again next year because it's fun. It's fun watching him play tennis. Now, I don't love him yeah. cursing out his box and stuff, but it's nice to see a tennis player with some emotion who cares and is reacting as opposed to just, you know, Djokovic is fun to watch, but he's just like a robot out there. So it not a doll. So he is a robot. But anyway, as you said, Ooh, the funky clay swing. The pest.
1: Yes. yes. The
0: women are in Hungary and in, uh, well saying that's Switzerland, I believe. If that's what's what anyway we're back on clay. So, um, the grass season unfortunately over. We go back to trying to get handicap based on you know how you do on clay, it's generally better for movers and power hitters. Can you hit through the clay, or can you basically chase every single ball down? We have a surface change, and I'm going to start out here quickly with a surface change fade. Um, Pana Udvardi, um, a really solid clay player, kind of at lower levels. Um, you know, can struggle at a 250 tournament. Plays against Anna Bogdan, a, a perfectly fine player, but gonna be Bogdan's first match on grass. Did really have a poor grass season and really wasn't fantastic for clay to start the year where Ludvardi, again, is winning two, three matches every tournament, made the quarterfinals of a clay event just last week in Bastad. So goes to Hungary with a little bit of form under her belt. This is a much too big of a number for me. Happy to take the money line at plus 225. I have a closer to 180 in the four and a half I have. I probably have a cheap four, honestly, instead of the four and a half that we're seeing a few places. Play the four and a half if it's like minus 120, minus 115, somewhere in that range. Otherwise, go ahead and play the four. Um, probably a little too expensive if it's even minus 125 on that four and a half. And then we'll take an over. Yulia Putin plays Anna Karolina Shmedlova. Um, both of them have been very good players on clay. Putin deservingly a pretty big favorite here. A lot of times, you know, people think I'll take the over. It means I kind of like the dog. I actually think the money line and the spread here is pretty. On the nuts, but the total looks at least a game too low to me. These both women generally um, play long sets. We, I think we might even see a three-setter here, just didn't love that number. So happy to take the over 20 games here. Um, might even sell up to 21 as it starts to open up a few other places for just a little more, maybe a half unit there. And then an underdog, Jasmine Paolini, just the one underdog for me, um, again in Lausanne. Paolini hey, goes up against Caroline Garcia. Garcia had a really nice run on, on grass. Um, all of a sudden, kind of snapped back into the form of someone that, you know, three, four years ago was this really strong, talented up and comer who just never really kind of filled out her potential. We'll see. Um, I think the market, again, is just kind of overrating her based on maybe some of her recent form. Had a pretty mediocre clay season. Paolini has been doing well on the surface, so happy to take her as a dog. Where I actually have Paolini a small favorite here. I probably have it minus one ten. Paolini plus one ten. Garcia myself. So happy to take Paolini plus anything. And there's some one twenty fives, even I think a one thirty out there still. So two dogs and a total. Both of these tomorrow. Um, play starts in Budapest around 4 a.m. in the morning, so 4 a.m. Eastern or later. Lucan five in the morning or later Eastern.
1: And speaking of start times, I kind of forgot we had an 11 a.m. soccer match today. I just tweeted this while you were talking tennis, which sucks (laughs) because now I got to go back and put my tennis bets in because I (sighs) was barely paying attention. But yeah, this (laughs) Austria, Northern Ireland starts in like 10 minutes. Uh Oh, So my bad. But I did say and anybody who watches like I said, I'm just going to bet all the Northern Ireland overs unless they said it like six or something hilarious. Like I'm just going to bet the overs. They are playing high risk, high reward football. I'm going to call it football. You mean a little European? They, they don't give a shit about like losing the match one nil. They don't, that's not what they want. They want to attack. They had plenty of strong attacks last week. They just are really, really susceptible on the counter and their defense isn't very good. They're going to lose. They're probably going to lose every match. I said, I'm going to bet every over I can, which is three, because they won't make it on a group stage. So I'm, you know, I'm excited to bet them while I can. But yeah, Austria, it was a little bit of a ho-hum match last week, but this is not the same kind of defense. This is is a much worse uh, team from the... uh, from the British Isles. So over three minus one Oh eight. Again, that one does start real soon. If Northern, I won't be betting the, I bet a little bit on Northern Ireland to score in the last match. I really felt like that would be wide open against the other D and they did get one. It was nice. Just a small bet. I'm not going to do that today. I really do think this is just maybe one way counter traffic. So if Northern Ireland were to score, Bonus, huge bonus. That would be great if they just got us on the board again. And then speaking of Austria, their opponent last week, England, who I bet to win, what was it, score in both halves, didn't come through. That was a long second half. Long second half of nothing getting done for me. I am going to take them as a favorite today. I like favorites in this tournament, especially with the handicap. Based on how group stages work. Goal differential is going to help you out if you need to break a tie. I don't think any of these teams are like, you know, minus a million favorites where it's just not going to matter. They're just, you know, when you see the U S play in group stage of the world cup, it's like they're going to win their group. They're just that much better than everyone. It's there are good teams and England has one of them, but getting, getting ahead on goal differential for some of the tiebreakers is always a thing. You saw France pour it on. Yesterday they that was a nice minus one and a half got home for me. It was nice to actually have a nice day of soccer betting, but England minus one, minus one eighteen. Disappointing offensive performance, but master class defense. They are a lockdown team. They are gonna probably keep a lot of teams off the score sheet. I think this is probably a shutout, and it ends up two or three nil. So England minus one looks pretty good to me. They're X. So anyone who doesn't understand XG. Like me, I barely understand it. It's a measure of how many goals they expected they should have scored. scored. Yeah, should have based on the quality of the shots and where they took location, it from. And, you know, yeah, yeah they, they use different places, use different metrics for that. But uh, the XG versus Austria was like two and a half or better. Like England should have scored more. They had a lot of good chances they need to finish. I'm sure that's what they worked on in any training sessions between that match and this over the weekend. So looking for England to pour it on against Norway. And like I said, Norway Norway gave up a goal to Northern Ireland. So maybe that defense is not cracked up to be, and we see England pour one on here. So it's coming home. Three Lionesses. Let's go. And... Call it a yeah. Call it a show. I don't know. Good Monday, happy Monday. I'm excited, uh, excited about the open. Excited to bet soccer all week. And yeah, if you're in the YouTube, hit the thumbs up. Thanks to our sponsors, the Fan Duels. Surprise, no anytime goals. The anytime goal numbers are horrible. Like in some of these matches, it's like there's six women that are plus one ten or lower. So like, what are we doing in these? So. England England has so many different scores. I don't know. Uh, you're going to pay too much for Ellen White. I should look at the Austria. I'm going to look at the Austria one if I come up with something in the next seven minutes. I'll let you know. It doesn't seem all that likely now that I've said it out loud. So, Alex? <laughs> <I> just... <laughs>